Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, joined by Francis Garcella, reporter for The Daily Item, and Tony Matalevich, the district attorney of Northumberland County, Pennsylvania. I'm feeling a little under the weather today and trying to rest up from my trip, so I took a bit of a back seat during the questioning and let Fran take the lead. We'll be speaking to District Attorney Matalevich about the increase in drug overdoses in our area. Small-town crimes sometimes go less noticed by the media and, therefore, the public. About Last Night is bringing these cases to the forefront to get the attention that they need and deserve. This season will cover several cases, some old, some new, all of which justice has yet to be served. It's a Sunbury woman who went missing uh, in April of 20. The missing persons case of Corey uh, The death of Matthew Hoy. The missing persons case of Tracy Crow. We are covering these cases and more. All small town crimes that we are bringing to the forefront. This is About Last Night, a true crime podcast. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC. As he has reported with the Daily Item over the past several years, Francis has seen an increase in drug overdoses across the Susquehanna Valley. So we wanted to talk to the Northumberland County District Attorney about what he's seen and how these types of cases are handled. Today we're being joined by Northumberland County District Attorney Tony Matalevich. First, thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, We have already spoken a, a bunch off air about Uh, the overdose deaths in Northumberland County and pretty much across the country, and they're not going away. And uh, as you are well aware, because I've called you a million times on this throughout the course of the last year, uh, with the amount of of cases just in our county alone, and you actually at one point uh, issued a press release on it that uh, there was some bad cases of drugs that were going around and- uh, Yeah. You know, so that that's part of it as well. But but let me ask you, what how does this even start? Like, where take us from the from the from the first level all the way up to the you know to a tragic ending? Well, you, you know, you never can really tell how it, each individual case starts unless um, there's an arrest made um, and a defendant talks. But I've heard a variety of reasons. Uh, how drug addiction starts. I mean, they range from experimentation to desperation to uh, they got a legitimate injury and they prescribed uh, prescription medication and um, end up abusing that and they got cut off from their doctor or, you know, they were saying that it I dropped it down the drain or I lost it or it got stolen and they eventually get cut off and they go to street drugs. Um, so it, it, it's for me, I, I don't know, you know, until unless a judge inquires at a sentencing, um, we don't know how each individual case starts. But I've seen it from all over the map, from people who just have nothing better to do uh, that try that are just into the drug culture uh, all the way down to the honor roll student uh, at college who blows a disc in their back and gets a prescription and it goes from there. So it's everywhere in between. It's all over and it's everyone. You don't know who it could be. It could be anyone. You know, it, it's not necessarily the old 
um, stereotype of a druggie, quote unquote, um, it's could be anybody. Could be a 50 year old school teacher. It could be a uh, 19 year old college kid. With that being said, is and I, I know it's not fair to say, but do you think years ago a lot of the hospitals were to blame and a lot of the doctors were to blame for the for the prescription drugs themselves? And- I, I don't I don't have enough data to say that. I mean, that's that's kind of the way the culture is treating it. Like the drug companies said they weren't addictive, but um, it, it's not just painkillers. I mean, it's well, it's mo- it's mostly opioids and uh, methamphetamines are the biggest culprits today. But um, I, I don't know that. I don't know if it was a just a legitimate hey, we got a new drug and let's try it, or it was negligence. I don't know. I, I don't have enough to, information to say that on on a countywide level or even and, a nationwide, especially a nationwide and, level. I definitely don't know. And with that being said, I guess, how about the fact of uh, the drugs that are being brought in from various areas that you don't even know what you're getting, especially these hardcore street drugs. And I think that's a lot of it is when you actually put out the release a, a couple months ago that there's that some of the stuff that's being tested is laced with fentanyl and i'm not sure people understand and if you can just explain how deadly fentanyl could be a a, a, a very small amount of fentanyl is could be fatal i mean fatal tiny a very tiny bit and th- there's even worse drugs out there like car fentanyl which I'm talking two, three grains of salt is fatal. So you get a bag of heroin, that's a bag of powder. Um, you can see that. That's a, it's, a, it's not a big amount, but it's an amount. Fentanyl is a, is a fraction of that is fatal. And carfentanil is even more fatal. But fortunately, they've put restrictions on that where that's no longer legal. It hasn't been for quite a few years. But like... To go back to what you said, Francis, um, we found fentanyl in marijuana. We found fentanyl in methamphetamine. Uh, most of the heroin now is, it, it isn't even really heroin, it's fentanyl. Um, we've had people come in on probation who violated probation and swear up and down they didn't do fentanyl. They admit to doing other drugs, but fentanyl is in their system. So the street drugs are being mixed with fentanyl, which is extremely dangerous i can't uh, it cannot be understated how dangerous that is and i I have one more question before i know anna has a bunch of questions as well but uh how hard is it and this is a lot of times i think not just you as a district attorney but district attorneys across not only the commonwealth but across the country as far as when these things do occur i know police do their job they come in and they and they gather all the information. They probe it, and it, then it ends up in the corner. Can say, okay, there was a, a mixture of this and this at, and all kind of drugs in the system. And then everybody wants to come and they want charges. And I think that's the big thing that they want somebody to be held accountable for it. And as much as I know, uh, again, we've talked off the record that you would love to do it uh, to every case. How hard is it for those drug uh, deaths by drug delivery to get? Well, you hit the nail on the head there when you said uh, mixture. The technical term is mixed drug toxicity. Um, 
the co the coroner and or the uh, laboratory that does the toxicology sometimes they cannot say within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that it was one drug or the other so when you have mixed drug toxicity it it it, it makes the prosecution very complex because in order to prove a drug delivery resulting in death in order to prosecute a DD, <coughs> ddrd um you need to prove uh, the prosecution needs to prove that the drug that was delivered was the proximate cause of death or the direct cause of death um, beyond a reasonable doubt. So when you have two drugs that Im immediately gives the defense an, uh, an avenue to raise that doubt. Uh, so we oftentimes get people with two, three different kinds of drugs and they may not know they're taking them. I don't know. They it may they may purchase methamphetamine and then there's fentanyl and heroin in there. I you know I don't know. White powder is white powder it mixes together, so it is very difficult to prove a drug delivery resulting in death. Ex extremely difficult. We've had some success. Um, we've had actually some guilty pleas, but it requires basically a confession. It Isn't that like a needle in a haystack? At times. At times, at times, it's impossible. If you get somebody back with four or five drugs in her system, it's basically, you know, and, it's and not could, it also be, could it also be the fact that even when they're buying it off of off of whoever they're yes. getting it from, could it be that that person doesn't even know that it's laced with it because they're they're cutting it down and cutting it down and cutting it down all the way through. So by the time they, that final dealer or whoever gets that and then decides to put it out on the street, they may not even know what they're selling at that point. Correct. That's correct. And they may not be the person who packaged it. Um, they may just be selling it. They may be an addict themselves and they're just selling it to get enough money to buy their next dose or to get through the week. Um, you're correct. You don't know because, you know, somebody's making it. And even the person who gets it in bulk may, it may already be laced. Um, I don't want to use the term laced, but that's pretty much what it is, though. It's 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 laced, but I think it's done intentionally um, in order to increase the increase the addiction. Even marijuana has been found. We found marijuana that has fentanyl in. We'll be right back. At Sunbury Motor Company, the letters SMC mean a lot to us. Those letters stand for a tradition of trust since 1950. SMC stand for selling more cars and satisfying more customers. SMC. It stands for Sunbury Motor Company. And when you need a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, you have our lowest price promise. Log on to sunburymotors.com to see more choices and save more cash. And then you can say, start my car. I'll take it. SMC. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. So when you get a case like this, how do you go about prosecuting kind of kind of any drug related case? How do you go about the investigation or how do you work with um, the police and like that kind of thing to try to find out where this stuff is coming from? Um, I'll split that question in two. The first one is how do you go about it? The second one is how do you go about finding out where it came from? Um, the first question is the best thing to do is if the police reach out to the prosecution immediately, um, because we know where the holes are at the trial. We know what the defense attorney is going to bring up. Uh, I'll give you an example. Did I get knocked off? No. 
Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, we had one in uh, Mount Carmel Borough where the chief called me immediately and he had a confession and it was an overdose in the house. 911 was called, the needle was on the floor, the uh, belt was around his arm. <laughs> they had a confession. The video camera didn't work. It only went like two and a half minutes into the conversation, which happens more often than you would think all over the place. So I said, you got to get, you got to re-interview the suspect. So then there was two bags left and I, you know, and we discussed it and sent it to the lab, even though there was nothing in the bags, the state police lab was able to get 0.02 grams of heroin and fentanyl. The toxicology came back, caused the death, mixed drug toxicity, heroin and fentanyl. So in that case, we had a confession, we had physical evidence, and we had toxicology that matched the lab reports. So all the stars aligned there, and we got a 10 to 20-year sentence on that. But to, ask, to answer your question more directly, that was an example, uh, we, we pretty much, the police have to work with the prosecutors right out of the, right out of the gate. Because if something gets thrown away, if something gets missed, if a question isn't asked, if somebody lawyers up, um, it, it pretty much has to be a joint effort because it is it is very it's a very strategic thing to get a drug delivery resulting in death. It, it, you have to unless you have a real seasoned police officer who's done these multiple times, um, you really have to work with the DA's office like on a real time level. Like I remember getting a phone call and I, uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll leave the office and I'll come down. I went right down there because I thought we had, you know, I, I thought this is a, this is a case we could get. Um, unfortunately the video didn't work. The camera didn't work, but he got the guy back and he re-interviewed him. And I said, if you get me A, B, C, and D, we got it. And he did, you know, he went the extra mile. And a lot of times they, you know, the, you know, it, it's a process. People think everything's like CSI. It's 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 just not like that. Um, you know, you have to take these things to the lab. Somebody has to go down there. You have to pay overtime. I mean, there's a lot of things that it's labor intensive. Put it that way. But we did it, and uh, he did it. You know, he did all the legwork, um, and we worked together on it. And I believe he waived his preliminary hearing. He continued his first appearance, and then he pled guilty and was sentenced and the minimum was nine and a half to uh, 19 years. And the judge gave him 10 to 20. So that was a success, but that's, you know, one out of how many 25 a year, 30 a year. They're hard. They're, they're, they're challenging. They're challenging. Right. right. But we, we try it. But the second part of your question is, uh, where, where, does, where do the drugs come from? The uh, Pennsylvania State Police and the DEA have a, um, I don't want to say a library, but like a uh, database of, um, they have a database of the stamps on packages. Because a lot of times drug dealers will put a stamp on a package and they'll put high quality, when I say high quality, I mean high potency drugs in there. And they'll sell them at a regular price. So everybody will be saying like, oh, the Mercedes-Benz symbol. And oh, and they do that on purpose because they're all copyrighted. Or the Bart Simpson or the Michael Jordan, Air Jordan symbol. It's really good stuff. So they'll want to buy it so they can get higher, cheaper 
and then they will they will cut that down, cut that down, cut that down. But they'll also put in a drop of liquid fentanyl, and liquid fentanyl will overdose you. Even if you are a hardcore drug addict, it'll most likely at least send you to the hospital, if not kill you. And hardcore addicts want the stronger drugs, so they'll go after that symbol that's on the bag. So when we get back, when police get bags, they submit it through this program, which is DEA ran, but through the state police. Um, and they will document these bags and try to track it at a state level because my jurisdiction runs out of the county line. So, you know, there's nothing I can do if it's coming from Delaware, but the DEA can. There's nothing I can do if it comes from uh, Philly, but the state police can. So there is a documentation process of the bags if we have them. Now, some bags are blank. So that's the effort to find out where it came from, um, where each individual police department can submit the bags. And if there's a death, you know, an overdose or a death, because not all overdoses result in death, but if there's an overdose or a death or they get a bag, they could kind of track it by where it's located. And But that's on a statewide level. And then on a federal level, they also do it. And for how, when would you say like this kind of increase has really started? And do you think that the increase in like overdoses coincides with these drugs that people don't really know what they're getting? Um, I mean, heroin was around before I was in office, obviously. It was around for a long time, but I mean, it was proliferated before I even got in office. So that I don't know. Um. I do think that them adding fentanyl to it increases the addictiveness. And I've, I've already had addicts tell me I don't buy heroin anymore. I buy fentanyl, which to me is insane because it's fatal every time you do it. But that's how addicted they are. They want the strongest, cheapest drug. And you can get a bag of fentanyl for I've heard as low as like 78 cents. But I don't know if that's true, but I know we've we've done bus for like two fifty a bag, $2.50 a bag. And that would kill any non you, it would kill any of us, but they do it to get high because their tolerance opioids has a, 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 an extreme uh, level of tolerance. Like it, it, it's one of the most, you know, one fraction of a bag might get somebody high. And then in three months, they're doing three, four bags. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the tolerance level goes of through course. the roof with that. Right. Same thing with pills. People take a half a pill, a quarter. They're taking a pill. They're getting sick. At the end of three months, they're taking 10 pills a day. Mm-hmm. And then they're crushing them and snorting them. So that goes directly through the blood brain barrier up in your nasal cavity. So the tolerance level just goes up so quick with opioids so quick so what kind of things do you do with the drug task force uh, the drug task force is uh northumberland montour joint drug task force um myself and angela mattis the da in montour county are co um managers of it uh, each of us has a, a field supervisor which is a police officer um it's funded by the attorney general's office and 
we basically pay overtime for police to do specifically drug investigations. Which um, leads me to which leads me to ask, I'll just quick interject. So with the drug task force, which was a good question, a lot of people uh, may not understand what it is or whatever. And I know you can't get into specifics on anything that they do, but it's just an added bonus for police departments, basically, if I'm correct, that uh, where their officers who are specifically trained in these kind of investigations can go out and and actually even do more research on these drug delivery, you know, that resulted in deaths as well. So it's just it's a lot more uh, labor intense involved in certain aspects of, of those type of crimes. Is that accurate? That's accurate. And it's a bonus for the citizens of the municipality that they, that has the police department because they we get to fund the police, which, you know, normally they may, it may put a stress on their budget. It may not, but they get to um, spend extra time on drug work because police have to do patrols and answer, uh, you know, calls on the radio all the time, but this gives them an opportunity to uh, be reimbursed for their time we reimburse the municipality for the time they spend specifically on drug investigations. Yeah, that's perfect. So, I mean, it's a good for the residents. It's good for the counties that are involved in it. And I know that, uh, that there's a lot of time spent into it as obviously I, I see a lot of the criminal complaints going through. So, well, we appreciate you taking the time. And if you can leave in a, in a short, quick, uh, to the residents that are listening and not just here, but across the world, just about uh, how serious the uh, drug epidemic is across not only our county, but a, a, across the country itself. The drug epidemic specifically with uh, heroin slash fentanyl and the derivatives and methamphetamines, it, it, it's unbelievable. If it's not directly involved in an arrest, most of the domestic violence is caused by, well, I'll throw alcohol in there too. Um, it, it's it's drugs and or alcohol pretty much in everything you know pretty much drugs are involved in almost every crime and the the purity of the drugs has gone through the roof the the qual the methamphetamine is almost pure methamphetamine from the cartels and it's gone all the way here the purity of the drugs has gone through the roof it is almost pure methamphetamine it's fentanyl which is super strong um and 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 the price has gone down so it's super cheap super strong and it is everywhere and it's probably i would say now this is only an estimate but i would estimate that 90 plus percent of the crimes have some type of drug behind it behind the door if it's not right out in front and it's a drug crime it's it, it's somewhere in there and it's and to me, uh, from what I see, just going through uh, again the various criminal complaints that come through, it's a very hard battle for uh, not only police but for your office as well. Well, it, it is because it's everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. It's 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 almost not a uh, it's a societal issue. It's a societal issue. It's a demand issue. There's demand for these drugs, and they're going to get there somehow. And in order to stop it, you'd need to quadruple the police, quadruple the DA's office. I, mean, I don't even know if that would, I mean, wouldn't stop it, but it, it, it's it's a demand issue. 
so I mean, for some reason, people want these drugs. They're highly addictive, and uh, they breed crime, like br- multiply crime, m- multiply it. I like I said, I would say heroin and/or fentanyl and methamphetamine are behind ninety plus percent of the crimes. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk. I know that uh, you guys have a big battle ahead of you with this uh, in, coming into 2023 and, and beyond. So we appreciate yeah. you taking the time and, and speaking on it. And I'm, I'm sure we will be back in touch with you again for updates uh, on other various things going on throughout uh, the, the county and a- across the country. So thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The trial of Merle Miller starts next week. We recommend you head back to season three, episode four, and listen to it if you haven't already. This episode covered a lot about her past and current case, and we will be bringing you more information in the upcoming weeks.